Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Join my husband and his coaching friends from around the country as they explore the ins and outs of their profession. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to making this podcast a huge success in its first year, reaching over 14 countries. Please continue to help the podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a five-star comment, and sharing it with your friends. Here you go, sweetie. I think you can take it from here. All right. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited. I've got a longtime friend, a coaching buddy, uh, the head women's basketball coach at Southern Miss. Been there since 2004, I believe. Uh, She was a big time player there. She uh, been there, you know, what, 19 years. She's got over 500 career wins. Just went to Long Beach and won their tournament over there. I'm just honored to have Coach Joy Lee McNellis with us. Hey, Coach. Hey, Coach, and thank you. I was just really honored when you asked me because you've had some big wigs on here. I'm honored to be a part of this show. Well, Very you know, I, I cannot help but know a little bit about basketball because I have so many friends like you that are so <laughs> much smarter than me. If, 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 if just a little bit of you guys rub off on me, I'm going to be okay. I tell you what, you've you've done a tremendous job everywhere you've been and just a really successful coach, an assistant coach, but everybody knows you've kind of been the root of everything and made it happen for a lot of good coaches, for sure. And now you've got your own program right there at UMS, right, and been absolutely amazing. Man, how many games have you won there? Well, you know, I think we were looking at it because I, I had my – 400th career recently and I think we figured about 350 or a little more than 350 over there is that crazy or what that is crazy you probably only played 375 you probably <laughs> won 350 out of 375 goodness you hadn't lost much no 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 y'all got it rocking and rolling over there I I'm I'm very very blessed I'm I'm uh you know how it is coach when you surround yourself with good people you had a real scare and um, and and you look great, and I think things are well. If you don't mind, for for those who may not be aware, you had about with lung cancer. Would you like to yes. share some of that story with everybody? Sure. Uh, in 2017, um, and actually December of November of 2017. Let me back up to that. I got COVID. Like everybody else, was it was crazy with COVID, and um, I just you know uh, well, let me back up. Cut. We'll start again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, I kept having chest pains uh, in December. And I was like, man, heart runs in my family. I do not have time to deal with a heart. So I would keep telling my trainer, just keep me loaded with aspirin. I had gotten some nitroglycerin from my parents because they both are heart patients. And I told dad, I said, dad, I'm just telling you, I have no time to have a heart attack. So I just need some of your nitroglycerin and my heart starts hurting too bad. I'll take it. So I had a little bit of nitroglycerin and I just told my trainer, I'm just going to keep eating aspirin. So in January, we're playing at Western Kentucky and I, my jaw was hurting down. My arm was in the middle of the game. Oh, my chest was hurting so bad. And I'd already taken six aspirin that day mm-hmm. because it was bothering me. Trainer said, I'm not giving you any more aspirin. And I said, well, my nitroglycerin's in my suitcase. You got to go get my suitcase from the bus. She said, I am not 
we are calling an ambulance. I said, you have lost your mind. <laughs> I am coaching this game. So I yelled during the game and I stumbled because I kind of lost my bearings. So I had to sit down. Needless to say, I just took some more aspirin. She decided out she wasn't going to win that one with me. So we get back home on late that night. Sunday, I stayed in bed all day. My husband swore I was nuts. And so Monday, my kids boycotted me. They sat in the middle of the floor and said, we're not practicing to go to the doctor. So went to the I said, okay. So I went to urge care and the guy in urge care, which I've known for a long time, he said, uh, you have a blood clot in your lungs and you've got to go to the hospital. And I said, I'm not going to the hospital. What are we going to do about this blood clot? That's why I came to urge care. He said, well, I need to call the ambulance. I said, we are not calling an ambulance. He said, you cannot drive to the hospital and I have other patients to see. I said, well, guess what? I'm not getting an ambulance. He said, I'm calling your husband. I said, he is at work. He cannot leave school. So I got in the car, went to the hospital. He had called them. They took me right back, did a CT scan, immediately saw a mass in my lungs. And what I thought was heart, I had a tumor that was where all those nerves connect. Wow. in the upper right, left lobe of my lung. Yeah. So we went through all of that, trying to decide, I had to do the biopsies and all that. So I went to a guy, Dr. Delva in Jackson, and he was going to be able to do it robotically so they wouldn't have to cut me open. And so I thought I could have it done on a Friday and be back the next weekend to coach. <laughs> he said... Uh, no, I don't think it's going to work that way. So needless to say, uh, he said, we can wait till after the season. You've got just a few weeks left. Let's wait. We played in the NIT that year, won the first game, and then got beat in the second game. And that was probably a blessing because it was beginning to grow. Mm. And so went in. They took the whole upper lobe of my left lung out and 36 lymph nodes. Two of the lymph nodes had cancer cells, uh, but they felt like they got it all. Well, then COVID strikes, so I'm good. They said, no cancer. I didn't have to take any treatments. I was cancer-free. Never smoked in my life, coach. Never been around smoke. My parents never smoked. Uh, just never been around secondhand smoke. I personally felt like, because I'm, I love being outside, I always did yard work, and I always put my cell phone in my sports bra. And that's exactly where my tumor was. Wow. Exactly. That's why I think it was there. So I think it was linked to that, but I don't know. Sure. So then, and when COVID came around, um, I got really sick that November with COVID, really sick. And uh, had to miss a few games, but we had canceled almost all of our non-conference. We only played two non-conference games that year. So in December, I had to go in for a checkup. And I was, again, I was still sick from COVID late December. And they, they saw another spot in my lower lungs uh, and found out my cancer was back. And that was in 2020. So it came back and I still have it in my left lower lung. It was three inches. My tumor was three inches in my lower. It is now a quarter of an inch. Oh, wow. 
So it has shrunk. I'm on a drug that's called Tegresso. Um, that is my treatment. It's like a chemo pill that I take every day. Uh, my body has adjusted to it. The side effects is, you know, the biggest thing is fatigue, yeah. but I've gotten better with it. When I first started it, oh, it just zapped me, really mm -hmm. zapped me. But my body has adjusted. And actually this year we are doing, the first time I had it, I really didn't know what to do for our community. I felt like God was leading me to do something, but I didn't know what. So we did a little bit of a fundraiser because one of the things that I learned from it is my daughter is a nurse practitioner in radiation. And during COVID, there were a lot of people that could not get to treatments. And Hattiesburg's a retirement community. Yeah. And there's a lot of people here that don't have family here. So they can't get to treatments. They don't have a way to get to their treatments. Right. And she had a gentleman that came to her that had not had a bath because he couldn't afford electricity. So he had a choice is to use his money. He lived in a camper to use his money to hire someone to get him to his treatments or pay his electric bill. Wow. So it really broke my heart for this gentleman. And I don't know the gentleman. Yeah. And I said, that's what God wants me to do is to raise money for a fund called the Navigation Fund to help get elderly or people in general that cannot get to their doctor's appointments. And so we have bucks for baskets and people can pledge uh, per basket. It is on our Southern Miss website at southernmiss.com women's basketball. Uh, you can pledge per basket or you can, you can pledge a one-time donation and the money goes to the Forest General Foundation and you have to put on there uh, bucks for baskets bucks and you basket. put Coach McNellis and that money goes directly to the navigation fund for the Mid-South area for people, because us being a hub city, it serves a large area to get people to their treatments. Yeah. But since I have done this, it's been amazing how many more people that I have learned don't have a way to get to their treatments. Some of them can't afford a treatments. And so the doctors work with them and they do fundraising to get their treatments but the issue is gas cards. Yeah. Like that's one of the things they did the first time I raised money was to buy gas cards so they could use gas cards for people to get them to their treatments. Wow. And so it's just really important to me to be able to raise money for those people to get to their treatments. Because like me and you, we might live by our parents, like mine live an hour away and I have brothers. And we make sure we get our parents there. Right. But just think for parents, people that live here that don't have family. Yeah. They don't have their children here to get them to those treatments. So that's what God has led me to do is to raise money for the navigation fund uh, for people that need treatments for cancer. But I am doing really well. God's really blessed me. And for my cancer to shrink from 2020 to now, from three inches to a quarter, God's really good to me. Well, that, 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 that's so good to hear. You, you know, as, as I'm listening to your story, you know, the first thing people that, that 
that are listening that's probably non-coaches, they they probably thinking what a stubborn, stubborn lady. <laughs> you, you know, but but I can't tell you how many times I've I've mentioned to my wife, coaches, you can't take off. You, no. you know, as as a teacher, you know, you fill out a sub list, you know, but as a coach, you can. And, and I don't know about you, but I've kind of got the sniffles now because I think my body knows I've got about four or five days off. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one time I caught COVID, it, it was literally during the Christmas break. <laughs> our, our bodies are trained to know that we cannot take off. And so yeah. I, I know people are saying, I can't believe she was trying to coach through all this, but it's just, it's, it's, it's the way we are. It's the way we yeah. built, you know, our kids depend on us, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes we're a little stubborn about the other life things. Yeah. And you know, you're so right. For example, when I had COVID and I was re-diagnosed with cancer, my oxygen levels stayed in the 80s, which that's not very good. Yeah. So we're ready to start conference play and we have to go to UTEP for the first conference game. And my oncologist said, you can't go. And I said, have you lost your mind? <laughs> he said, Joy, you cannot go. I said, well, guess what? I'm going. <laughs> so we've got oxygen, which was a small traveling machine not the tubes, not the things, but a machine. I rode with that machine on the plane. They got me a 60-foot tube, and I coached at UTEP with oxygen. Wow. And he thought, he called me every day I was traveling. He said, you have lost your mind. That's what he kept telling me. <laughs> and I'm like, it's what you have to do. Yeah. But you know what, Coach? And it is just really sad. And, and we've been doing this for a long time, but they don't make people like us anymore in this profession. Yeah. I they know. do not, because I see it all the time. They, there's few and far between as younger generations come through. Yeah. You know, they think we're crazy and they're <laughs> in our profession. Right. Right. But you know what? I just believe that coaching is a calling. And we are called to impact others. And we're called to be role models. So every time someone opens Facebook, they see me and you going on these group cruises. Is group cruises the only thing you guys book at Toes in the Sand Travel? Absolutely not. I book everything from destination weddings, all-inclusive resorts, uh, of course, cruises of all kinds, and uh, let's see, trips to Europe, trips to New York, you name it, and we're booking it. We're helping with family trips, business trips, group trips, pretty much anything you can think of. And coaching? is not for sissies. It's not. <laughs> it is not. And you've got to be tough, whether you feel like being tough or not. Yep. But God makes you different. You know, right now, we just finished our non-conference schedule. Okay? Like you said earlier, we finished seven and four. Mm -hmm. We're Our first game back is we go play the number one team in the league. Yeah. Troy. Troy. 
Well, guess what? I set up to two o'clock last night. We had practice this morning at 7 a.m. My husband said, what on earth are you doing setting up to 2 a.m.? I said, you know, conference is right around the corner. I can't sleep now. I mean, I watched three games of Troy last night. He said, you have lost your mind. You don't play Troy to the 29th. I said, but I got to get ready for him, and we're going to start practicing for him tomorrow. (laughs) That's right. We're just wired different. We are. God made us different. Yeah, we we are. You know, and and I think part of it, Coach, we ask our kids – to be so tough we do and and and, and so gritty and so hard-nosed you, you know what what would we be if we asked those things of our kids and then every opportunity we have to take a day off we do you know it just it doesn't equate and you know that's what I tell young coaches that come and work for me I tell them in our very first meeting when new coaches come on board with me We ask our players to get up extra shots. We ask them to get in the gym. We ask them to do community service. We ask them to do other things. And we expect that. So what what do we expect of us? They're watching us. So guess what? We got to do all those things too. We don't don't just show up an hour before practice and leave an hour after practice. (laughs) That's not what you do. And you can say, well, we work from home. Well, those kids don't see that. Right. They don't see that. They got to see what you do. Because as you know, what they see is more important than what you say. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, I, I'm glad you're doing well. And, and, and I'm glad uh, those those kids ha- have you uh, to to model for them. Uh, so let, let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, you were a player at Southern Miss and and then a uh, thousand point scorer there. Uh, and then you go away. And, and I think when we when we met, I think you were still at the University of Memphis and, and had what 13 years at, at the University of Memphis um, before you came back home. Tell, tell us a little bit about what that was like, because that was your first head coaching job, right, Coach? Tell us a little yes. bit about that experience. Well, I will tell you, I was in April when I got that job. I was 28 years old, Coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will be honest, I was young, and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be truthful, okay? I got that job because I, I worked hard as a recruiter. I worked my first two years. I graduated in May of 84, and I went to work for my husband that I eventually married. He wasn't my husband then. Dennis McNellis, he had worked at Florida State when I played at Southern Miss. He was an assistant for Jan Dykehouse at Florida State. Well, we were in the old Metro, and he would yell at me when I would play at Southern Miss. He was the defensive coach, and he'd say, somebody stop the white kid, you know, because he's yelling. (laughs) <laughs> I'd go by their bench. We play at the Leon County Civic Center. I'd say, you better find somebody else to guard me because y'all can't guard me. <laughs> and I was a little cocky when I was a player. And uh, he would say, shut up. And I would say, well, you better quit trying to find somebody to guard me. I'd run back by the bench. <laughs> and uh, so we played that year in the Metro Conference tournament. We played at Virginia Tech. And he and I were in the hallway together. And he said, no, he said, you are so cocky. And I said, well, you just can't find anybody to guard me because that's what he would yell all the time. He said, one day I'm going to hire you. And I said, well, you're crazy. So I don't know if I'd ever work for you. So that was just kind of the thing. Right. 
He played in the NIT out in uh, Amarillo, Texas. And uh, I didn't know this at the time, but he told Jan Dykehouse, his head coach, he said, that's the kind of girl I would marry. Huh. Well, I didn't know that at that time. Yeah. So anyway, he hired me in August of 84. I was supposed to get married, play my senior year. Did, that didn't work out. So, but he hired me that year in August. And then we worked together for two years and got married four years later. Wow. And uh, I was back at Southern Miss during that time. Got the job at Memphis. Um, and again, having him of him being a college coach was truly uh, huge for me. Yeah. Because he had been a head coach at Texas State, which was then Southwest Texas. So he was of huge help because he had made those decisions before. He had been on the sideline calling timeouts. And then I hired a guy that was my best friend since the second grade, Michael Ladner, that I knew would be loyal to me through thick and thin. Yep. His dad was the all-time winningest high school coach in Mississippi. He had never coached college. He was a high school coach at Bay High. Yep. And he, I called him, and he came to work for me. And uh, – I knew he had called timeouts. I'd never called a timeout except in camp. <laughs> and uh, we just busted it. And we had inherited a program that our seniors had only won 21 games. Our juniors had only won 12. And in three years, we had a winning season. And fourth year, we went to the NCAA tournament. And we were just very, very blessed. Uh, we just did grassroots recruiting because you didn't have what all you have today. Right. And we got in on some really good players uh we actually started four freshmen in year three and uh they it just really blossomed and then we got in on Tamika Whitmore that was player of the year in Mississippi Latanya Johnson that was player of the year in Tennessee in her class and then we skyrocketed made second round the NCAA tournament got ranked in the top 25 and we just enjoyed a lot of success and uh won a couple of conference championships there um, in 99, Southern Miss called me, and that's the lady that I played for, uh, was left, was let go here at Southern Miss, and it got kind of ugly, and I was like, no way, I'm, I'm not doing that. I didn't want to get in the middle of it. Right. And um, I said, I'm not interested, and also that was a year we went to the second round of the NCAA tournament. I was offered the job at A&M, and then I was offered the job at uh, Missouri. South Carolina that same year. I didn't really want any job but Southern Miss. I really didn't. And we went and interviewed at all those places. My husband thought I was slam crazy because the money was really good. But, you know, back then, the money was good, but it was nothing like it is now. Right. But, um, but they didn't have, like, when I interviewed at Texas A&M, they ended up hiring Peggy Gillum is who they hired. And like, they didn't even have a secretary, you know, it, I had a recruiting secretary and a secretary. Yeah. They didn't have a secretary. Wally Groff was the athletic director. He said, why do you need a secretary? Wow. And my concern at those places then was they expect you to win in a hurry yeah. and they're going to fire you, but they're not going to give you support. Right. So why would I leave somewhere where they're supporting me? I mean, Memphis even gave me, a, uh, an allowance to fly my family everywhere with me. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. I got $7,500 to fly my family anywhere with my team. Mm. 
So why would I leave a place like that? Yeah, I made less money, but I had all the support. Yeah. I mean, we like I said, we had a recruiting secretary and a secretary that took care of me. And I just didn't feel like it was worth going to what's considered a power five and get fired in four years. Yeah. Yeah. And money wasn't important to me. I grew up a rural Hancock County. My family, we we just made ends meet and Money was never that important to me. I'll tell you a quick, funny story. I was going to speak at an event in St. Louis at a coach's clinic. My husband and I were driving. He was driving. Our daughter was nine months old. It was actually our first year in Memphis. And we had had a pretty good year that year. So the AD called me and told me it's going to give me a raise. I was making, they hired me for 34000 He was going to bump <laughs> me 52. And, uh, we were driving on the way to St. Louis. Our little girl was in the back. And we were singing while we was riding. He called and he said, Joy, I want to give you a raise to 52000 I said, oh, you don't have to do that. <laughs> My husband just looked at me. I said, I don't coach basketball for the money. I love what I do. 34000 is plenty enough money for me. Wow. My husband, he was like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just, I'm just pretty simple, you know, and I, I'm just happy, whatever I'm doing. I love coaching. I'm not in it to be able to make mega bucks. It's not who I am, but, uh, that was a funny story. I thought my husband was going to wreck and knock me in the head. as I was, I was going down the road to speak at coaches clinic, but, uh, yeah. And then we had our son there. Uh, Connor, who is now an assistant coach at Arkansas State. Yeah. And, uh, but we had a great time there. They took really good care of us. Then the job came back open in 04. I just lost both my grandmothers in their 90s. I was very close to my grandmothers. It was a very emotional time for me. I just signed a five-year deal at, to stay at Memphis. And I was returning four starters they were seniors and uh, I'm going to be seniors and I did not want to leave them. We'd won 21 games and it was really emotional. Our kids went to school that morning thinking they were going to be Tigers. They came home Golden Eagles and they were not happy. Yeah. Uh, Brooks Donald was on my staff, Williams. It's at ULM. Yep. I work outside. I work in flower beds when I'm stressed and that Saturday uh, she was at my house laying in, outside and our pool and I was working in the yard and our daughter was upstairs and I was crying and just working and our daughter was in the eighth grade and she looked out the window and saw me crying. She says, mom, I never had a dream to graduate from high school in Memphis. You always had a dream to coach at Southern Miss. Mom, dad and Connor can stay in Memphis, but me and you will go to Hattiesburg. And, um, I was, so she came down those stairs and she was hugging on me over that flower bed. And then Brooks got up from sun tanning and came over there. And we all three were just crying in a flower bed. Oh. And I still, I was really hard for me, but my parents, my dad had just had a massive heart attack and uh, survived it. And it was just, it was really, it hit me. And I knew that I wanted to come home and I knew I wanted this to be my job. I knew that I wanted to coach here and the administration kind of pushed it for me and said, hey, we're not coming back again if you don't take it now. And I wasn't smart enough to even know that the administration would change. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, because the administration had been here forever, but heck, they've all gone. <laughs> so I took it. And you know what? It's been the greatest thing ever. Number one, being back at my alma mater, our booster club. Now, a lot of them are deceased now. But the first year we had over 300 in our booster club. Brooks came with me. Okay. And uh, almost all of them were here when I played. Wow. And uh, the actually the president of my booster club then and now was my college professor. Wow, that's cool. And uh, my parents, their health's not good, but they've been with me every step of the way. And, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like calm. The head of the chemistry department when I was in school here, she still sits front row at every game. And uh, it's just a neat experience because of so many people that were here oh. when I So my family and I want to use Toes in the Sand Travel. Can you walk us through the process and how do we go about paying for that? Great question. Okay, first of all, I will get just a tiny bit of information like uh, where do you think you want to go? Do we have approximate dates? And how many people would like to go? The next step, I'll start collecting information about, uh, you know, basically answering the questions on your wish list. And we'll narrow it down to the few possibilities that work best for you and your family. As far as paying, uh, every vendor is a little bit different, but for the most part, they all want you to put down some form of deposit, and then you can either make payments along the way until the final payment date, or some of them offer a little bit better deal if you pay it all off at once. So it really depends on your budget and what works best for you. You know, you talk about the, those emotions when, when you leave in Memphis. I think I think a lot of people lose sight of that. You know, when they when they see coaches change jobs, and you know the the knee jerk reaction for people is, oh, you know, he's he's jumping ship and 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 leaving, and and and, and it is tough. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I remember leaving Nichols and going to ULM and, and, yeah. and, and those kids were heartbroken and, and it was tough, but it was something I had to do from, for, for me and my family. Yeah. And then, you know, same thing, leaving ULM to come to South Alabama, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's tough. It, it's challenging. It's tough on everybody. It's tough on, it's tough on your families. It's tough on the players, you know, and, and you know, right now the, the high profile and, uh, you know, Deion Sanders being, being right, in the news right. and, you know, people don't understand his job at Jackson State was to recruit kids to Jackson State. Right. And 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 he he did that. And and he you know, he made that place special for those two years he was there. And uh, you know, you just I just you, you can't fault a coach for doing what they feel like is right for them and their family. Indeed. You know, because he totally changed the image publicly of yep. Jackson State. Yep. He did. And, um, you know, I just think it's amazing. I mean, game day, would game day be at Jackson State? I mean, I don't know, but he made it happen. He made it happen. Yes, he did. Yes, so he did. it is. I will tell you, you know, Brooks Donna Williams can tell you the day of my press conference here. She, I mean, she was with us. And the Memphis media, they were calling me that morning and I cried on every sports talk show in Memphis the morning of my press conference here. Yeah. I cried through my press conference. 
And it is very emotional. And I know people think, oh, they just pick up and go. Yeah. No, it is difficult. Yeah. It is not easy. I mean, my son, until he got into coaching, he was not happy that his mother took him out of Memphis. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard on the children. It really, Absolutely. really is. It's not, and it's not something that you do quick. That's yeah. a lot of praying. Yeah. You know, you got to figure out what's best for your family. And for me, uh, it was financially, it was not, if you, like my athletic director at Memphis said, you're committing career suicide hmm. because it was a huge pay cut for me to come here. It wasn't not a financial choice for me to come here. My choice was because of my parents, yeah. of their age and their medical issues. And I felt like me being the only girl in our family, that it was important for me to be here for them. And I don't regret it at all. Wow. Wow. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, it, it, it was the right move. Uh, right. for you and and uh and and again just just happy that that you're home and and right. you, you know again I'm I'm blessed my parents are, are still here with us and and they moved to Mobile when, when I took awesome. the South Alabama job to be close to grandkids and uh and my mom and dad are at all of our home games and they sit front row and and you know they're almost 80 now uh but but it's, it's something special about, you know, being able to look up and, and, and see mom and dad cheering you on. That's right. It is. And then having the grandkids there running around. Yep, yep. And we have two grandchildren. Our daughter has two and they're at every game running around. They think they're queens of the court. I'm sure yours feel that same way. Yes, absolutely. My my grandson Nate, he uh, the other day, he's gotten too comfortable. He's he's two and uh after our game and, and, you know, generally our boys are playing after us. So they about right. to start running out, warming up. He, it doesn't stop him. He comes right across the court, you know, just dodging see, guys. See his grandpa. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we, we've got about five minutes left. One of the things that I would like, you know, I mean, you, you're known as a, as a great recruiter and, and a, as, as a hard nosed coach and a teacher of the game and, 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 and all of that, We've got a lot of young coaches out there that may be listening and and uh, and wondering, you know, hey, do I want to be a high school coach? Do I want to be a college coach? Uh, what would what would be some things you would offer up to some young coaches that might want to have a path in in today's college basketball? You know, what what are you guys looking for in terms of of, of finding that assistant that's that's right for you? You know. I I appreciate you asking that question. I think, and you've been in college coaching, you know, it's a different niche. A lot of people think, oh, I don't have to be in the classroom or, oh, I don't have to do this. Or, you know, they only practice at certain time. You know, it's not as easy as people think it is mm -hmm. because you're on the road recruiting. You're going to be nights away from your family. Uh, we just played in Long Beach in California, and this young coach that's head of a junior college there spoke to me, and I said, I'm going to tell you what, if you're a young assistant coach and you're getting at the D1 level, I said, I'm going to tell you something very quick. You're going to have to learn very quickly. It's not about you. Yep. Your life is not about you. Till you earn your way, life's not about you. You will get tired, but guess what? Nobody cares. Right. It's not about you. You have got to grind harder than anybody on the staff. 
you're going to work longer hours than anybody on the staff. You're going to recruit. You're going to call high school coaches. You're going to be on the phone. You're going to think people are arrogant to you. A lot of club coaches, you know, they're going to look down on you like, who is this? Who are you? And I said, you know, you're going to get your feelings hurt a lot. But you know what? You got to keep your nose to the grind and you're going to have to do things that you think's above you. I mean, below you. Right. But guess what? You got to do it. And I had a young young coach one time. I asked him to hand me a trash can because I was picking up the trash before the recruit came in. Mm-hmm. He said, Coach, I don't trust touch trash cans. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you what I did. <laughs> So I walked around his desk. I had the trash bag. I picked it up. I walked around with the trash can. I put it in there. It was a metal trash can. And I took it and I slung that trash can at him. I was hoping he wouldn't have caught it. <laughs> but I slung it as hard as I could. I said, I tell you what, son, you won't last with me long. No. Because there is nothing that is beneath you. Right. Because I will pick up trash. But I, I told him that, you know, it's nothing that is beneath you. Breaking down game film, I said, everybody on my staff, when you scout a game, you're going to go five games back. You're going to go back to the next year. And any team that plays like us, yeah, you're going to see what they did against that team. And I said, then my scout, when you and I sit down and meet five days out, you're going to tell me how they guard stagger screens. You're going to tell me how they guard ball screens. And I said, that takes a lot of time. Yeah. So you're not just going to sit down and do a scout in an hour. Yeah. That's not the way that works. And I said, then recruiting. I said, I expect my coaches, if you've got 10 kids, you better know their high school coach, their club coach, their boyfriend, their girlfriends, their parents, their grandparents. You got to know every bit of that. Yeah. I said, so you've got to know that. You got to know their academic status. You got to know their counselor. You got to know their favorite teacher. That's a lot of time. And I said, so understand that it's a grind. And I said, then you got to do camps. Then you got to do the PR and the community service. I said, because in women's basketball, it's not about just winning. It's about developing relationships. Yep. People don't come to women's basketball just because you win. That's right. They come because they know somebody. Absolutely. And I said, that's, that's the part of it. And I said, that's where a lot of people get lost. Because they think it's just about winning and losing, and it's not. And so that's what I would say. You have to understand that it's bigger than just you. And I think, now, some head coaches are different. They don't do all that stuff. But to me, I think to build a program, that's what you have to do. And I will tell you, I've had a lot of GAs work for me. I've not had a GA yet that has been with me two years, not get a college job because they're involved in every aspect of that. They're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Well, coach, this has been so much fun. It's, it's uh, so good to catch up. Uh, now I, I looked at your schedule. You guys are going to be here in Mobile New Year's Eve. That's right. Uh, now, now, I'm kind of dating myself a little bit because this episode <laughs> will come out after New Year's Eve. So I oh, will have already seen this, seen you guys, but but I do intend on being there at the game and and uh, awesome. and, and 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 you guys don't come the night before to like Mobile, so you won't come uh, shoot around the night before, will you? Actually, we will practice at South Alabama. Yes, we will. Oh, the day before, we play at Troy on that Thursday. Right. We will spend the night Thursday night in Troy, and we will come to South Al on Friday. 
Okay. Okay. Well, well, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll reach out. I'll let's reach, reach out, out and maybe you can come over and watch practice. Yes. Yes. I will that absolutely awesome. reach out. We actually, um, on the 30th, we will be playing at some time. We have our own tournament. Tournament. So we'll, we'll be playing, but if the times work out, I will absolutely come by and watch practice. Hey, and, hmm? Can you send me that bracket? Because we may try to catch some games in that tournament. Absolutely. We, uh, our tournament's the 28th, 29th, and 30th. And a matter of fact, on the 28th, we play in the kid, uh, the post player that signed uh, with Alabama, the big kid. Gotcha. From oh, yeah, they're really good. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's good scheduling, right? That, that, that's what I gave myself first game. You know what? <laughs> this is the deal. Get you ready for that state championship. That's right. That's right. That's there right. you go. Well, Coach. I appreciate hey, it, Coach. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Coach. Take care. And, uh, and you, you ever need anything, you know how to find it. That's right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.